welcome to another edition of Look Who's Talking, informed chat and debate all about the life of Christchurch New Malden. I'm Anna Larkin and here on the show this month I have regulars Stephen Kirk. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, Church Warden of Christchurch, Mark Heyman. Hello. In this edition of the show, we'll be talking about the recent annual parochial church meeting, or APCM. Uh, We'll also be talking about our outgoing church warden, Sarah Parker, who's just stepped down from that role after seven years. Um, We will talk about the parochial church council, or the PCC, and what its roles and responsibilities are. And we'll take a look at the preaching program for Christchurch during May. And in complete contrast to all of this, we'll be discussing the film Pride, which was recently shown at the Christchurch Cinema Club, and we'll talk about what Christians should make of it. But first, we'll start with the annual parochial church meeting, which is quite hard to say. APCM is much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It might sound like a boring subject, but it's actually quite important. Um, important enough that it is placed within the two morning services. So it's the 9.30 service and the 11 o'clock service are both taken over by the APCM. Um, and I think I'm right in saying it's always, is it always the last Sunday in April? Well, that's when we normally do it, not always. It has to take place by the end of April. Oh, by the end of April. Yeah. Okay, so you like to leave it to the last minute. We normally do. <laughs> it depends when Easter comes a little bit. Um, so what, I- what is it? What is it for and why is it so important? Well, basically, the Church of England is uh, by law established, I think is the correct phrase. And uh, one of the things, uh, I mean, all charities have to have an AGM every year. Yeah. Um, the Church of England has to have its AGM, which is normally called an APCM for each church, by the end of April each year. Uh, technically, it's two meetings. It's the annual meeting for the election of church wardens. So uh, the church wardens uh, who take responsibility Uh, executive responsibility for the finance and the fabric of the church, executive officers of the PCC, Uh, they're elected at the first meeting, and uh, then the APCM itself is when PCC members are elected. There's 22 of them, and uh, reports are received, the accounts are received by the congregation and so on. So I would only know about the second meeting, all all the people involved in children's... Well, no, because, I mean, basically you only know about the second half of the second meeting. Uh, Because what we do is, in the 9.30... I mean, most churches, or certainly traditionally, churches had their APCM on a midweek evening, and people would turn out on a Thursday evening. And the problem with that, as I saw it, nine or so years ago when we changed it, is then you don't get young parents, or you only get one of them at most. Uh, You get lots of people in their 50s and 60s. You don't get the 80s and 90s. And you end up with a PCC that more or less reflects the demography of who can turn out at that uh, um, Thursday evening. Mm. So we shifted it into the 9.30 service, the elections part of it, uh, so that people are there to vote for their church wardens, their PCC members, and after a break, we then have the reports part of the APCM. In I mean, the pr- presumably, service. even though anyone involved in the children's work isn't there during the vote, presumably, if it ever came to yeah. such a close vote, you'd call them in to vote or send yeah. some voting forms out. So yeah, definitely, they wouldn't miss out. No, they, they definitely wouldn't. And, and uh, we haven't had a vote over the last few years. Uh, we've had as many people standing as there have been positions. Yeah. But the whole point of the way we do it is that if it did go to a vote, then voting slips would be brought out to the leaders in the children's groups if if the church warden elections were contested, which isn't usual. Um, It's like a postal vote. But if the the PCC ones were, then people would vote during the break between the services. Uh, Okay. So, so yes, so we've got that covered. 
And is it a is it a shush free church meeting? Uh, or how does that work? Well, it you know we do the first fifteen minutes uh, as we normally do, then the children go out to groups. So um, yeah, it's it, it's there's a sort of bit of a hubbub. Zero is at nine thirty normally, mm. um, but yeah, it's it's important that people see the people that are elected to represent them being being elected it, it's, yeah. it's a formal meeting but at the end of the day it's still a service we still try and keep it as a service yeah. Mm. yeah it's still part of the church life it's still an act of worship um and we want to get as many people there as possible to, yeah. be, to be seen as part of the church and not just this boring thing that has to be done <laughs> only by people who care about accounts it was probably the most controversial thing i've done in my nine years at Christchurch when i first changed it, um, to move it to some people were far from happy well, I saw Why do you think that is? Because I think that it was a very democratic move to move the APCM to when the majority of people could go to it um, was, um, to some, making it too easy. Um, but, you know, as, as I say, it, it, it favoured particular people doing it midweek okay. evening. Mm. And also, as Mark says, you know, we, we mustn't secularise church business. We've got to show that it's part of our worship yeah mm. so mark if i come to you next you mm. were um you you're standing again as church warden or, or carrying on as church yes, warden i'm yes. not sure of the you know the terminology Re- there. re-elected is, i think yeah return to office is this the, the start of your third year or ha- have you completed three no this years? is the this is the start of the year start, three yeah the so the, the stabilizers come off uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what have, have you enjoyed it, it so far it's been good, yeah. I mean, it's one of these jobs that I think um, everyone says, and they've said it to Harriet, and they said it to me at the start, oh, you're brave. Oh, that's going to be... Did they say that to you? I didn't know you were... <laughs> well, I am brave. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know you were called brave for doing it, though. Mm. It's and not brave for every church warden, it's just church warden under Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> or over Stephen. <laughs> you have to be strong, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's one of these jobs that is what you make of it, really. Mm. Um, and for me, it's much more around being part of the strategy and part of the sounding board and, and policy and things like that than it is standing at the back and doing the, the smiley bit and giving out hymn books and stuff. So yep. people see it as different. Even the name Warden gives the idea that you're the guy with the keys. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I do have a set of keys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's not all I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Stephen, you've always um, been an Anglican. You grew up as an Anglican, I, I have. but the yep. rest of us did not. You were Baptists, weren't you? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, Nathan, um, oh. growing up Baptist, yeah. is the APCM very different from what you w- would have been used to in church? <laughs> this is interesting because I wouldn't know because that's a big difference between Baptist churches and the Church of England. I never, I was in a Baptist church for 22 years. I never had a say in anything once. I never had a vote. I never, because I never became a member. Right. And if you're not a member, you don't get a vote. You don't get a say. There's no, so yeah, I I never, even though I attended it for 22 years, Mm. there's, yeah. So there's no, uh, so so the annual general meeting that a Baptist church presumably has to have. It's called a members meeting. It's a members meeting. Yeah. And, right, yeah, and they have they have regular members meeting, you know, at least, yeah. uh, you know, a, at yeah, least I one was, a quarter, uh, I'd say. I, I was in the Baptist church and, yeah, it's, I think it's every, maybe every two months or even every yeah, month. Fairly yeah, fairly regular. And they yeah. vote on things and it is, you have to be welcomed into membership, which means you have to be baptised and you have to be interviewed and yeah. yes, all the rest of it. So it is, it is a little bit more formal. But the, the politics are are still as strong wherever mm. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if th- in fact, I think there's probably, um, 
my parents were members and my brother and sister were members and so so I kind of knew I always knew dad would come home steaming from the meeting you know and oh was, really yeah it was all the same controversy you get anywhere you know yeah. different people with different ideas probably quite a lot more voting happening yeah. on a lot more things so I oh, think, I, think it was, I think it is yeah I yeah. think that was my impression I wasn't a member either so I never got to go but based on what I heard from my parents it seemed like you had to vote on absolutely everything and I think you know people perhaps left fed up having attended a meeting that could have just been an email and yeah, they'd yeah, all had to turn yeah. up and vote and on even i think in some churches it sums so over about like 200 pounds being yeah. spent by the church okay. needs to be so, voted on. so that's sort of the equivalent of the pcc yeah i guess yeah but everyone's PCC. on it yeah. Yeah. but everyone's on it. Yeah. yeah so far more congregationalist <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, presumably getting over 50% is what you've got to get, but presumably they want more than that. Actually, they? I think a two-thirds majority. Two-thirds majority, yeah. 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 Which is inherently conservative then, isn't it? I mean, it's quite a tricky... Change doesn't happen yeah. very yeah. often, yeah. 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 Mm. But, yeah, but yeah, I, I think, mean, you know, strengths as well, the reason, sure. the reason I'm, I'm basically a fan of the, of the Church of England sort of set-up, uh, ecclesiological sort of structure, is it's trying to balance power. So the vicar has the say on worship, although if I want to introduce major changes, if I woke up one day an Anglo-Catholic, I wouldn't just be able to change <laughs> the services. You need to get the PCC approval for that. Um, but in terms of the fabric and the finance of the church, it's the PCC, yeah. you know, particularly mm. through the church wardens that are in charge of that. And um, we have, uh, I think PCC has to approve any expenditure over £400, yep. and the standing committee approves expenditure below that unless it's minor amounts. Right. Yep. But I mean, it, it shows how important that the, that meeting is to, to get the right PCC and to get um, people who are representative because they do have decisions yeah. to make, you know. And, yep. uh, mm. yeah. and, and, and the APCM is important as well because it just it does give people the chance to yeah. to have their say. I mean, if People if who you aren't you on the PCC here in these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think of it like a AG, AGM of a mm. major PLC or something, then it's like a shareholder meeting and everybody has the chance to, to voice an opinion. Yep. Mean, yeah. It's not... As a shareholder, you wouldn't necessarily get to have coffee every Sunday morning with your CEO. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not the only ch it's not the only chance to have a say. And that we yeah. hope there's mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity for people to have their voice and, and be heard. But at least it gets it formally recorded, um, and there's some actions and some minutes taken. Yeah. So mm. at least Absolutely. you, you know so something's going to be followed up. So this year, then, what would you say were the the key things that that came up at the APCM? Well, I mean, one of the things was was. I have an opportunity to to give an address, which is where I think Christchurch is at, where it's come from, yeah. you know, and that was dominated it's by like the a state of the union, state of the union address, <laughs> and and the building project was the big thing really there because yep. that's going to be completed this year. After I mean, I've done about the last five or six APCMs. I've said, and I'm hoping it will start this year, and it hasn't. Yeah. Um, but of course, it has started now. So yeah. I took mm. the opportunity to talk about the vision behind it. Not um, only has it started, it will all be over before the next APCM. Yep. We can have it in the I new building. So. I think so. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, and so that was the major thing I spoke about. And uh, you know, we had questions about various things. Hmm. Yeah, there, there were a wide range of things. There were questions about rotors. There were questions about the buildings. There were questions about but the school. Some of the groups. School. Yeah. About the school. Mm. Um, some questions on the accounts. All the There's accounts. There's always a few questions read. on the accounts, yep. even yeah. though the, usually <laughs> the answer is, "Have you read the thing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right there in front of you. But, um, yep. Yeah. 
But it was good. I mean, it was a good atmosphere. And uh, there, there the was best, widespread excitement about the building project as well, which was, yeah. which was nice. Um, oh, and there are, you know, it has to be said, there, are, there have been some concerns about it. But mm. um, if I come to Mark as the church warden, yeah. how would you sum up the advantages of the building project for us as a community here at Christchurch? Well, I think it's going to do just that. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, fulfil our vision of being more in the community. It's... It's going to help us with our with our aims as a church, yeah. uh, much more than the setup we've got at the moment. Mm. It's going to give us the floor space locally or close to us, yeah. where we need it, rather than having to go across across the room, across the road. Um, it's going to enable us to just make the best use of our assets, much more than that they're being used at the moment. Mm. So we can fulfil our vision much more. Um, much more passionately really but it and it represents a change it represents progress yeah um, and change and progress are difficult for some people and just any kind of change is is always going to be opposed but this is a um, an opportunity to demonstrate to the church and to the wider community that we are moving on that this is something worth investing in mm. a church that's got new buildings is a church that's growing yeah it's state of the art people are going oh, let's go on there let's have a look the so thing that it's very easy to, to miss for some people is that we have outgrown the buildings yeah. that we currently have. Yeah. The youth work that I do has outgrown yeah. um, the facilities we currently mm. have. We're getting purpose-built things because we are doing a, yeah. a vast amount, you know, almost every night of the week. That was the great thing about that leaflet that was handed mm. out, you know. Over the, uh, uh, from open Monday. Seven days open a week. seven days a week. Seven days yeah. a week. I, yeah. think, I think I've already spoken to a few people who just couldn't believe how much we yeah. have going on here at church. And that, that to me, is the real... That beauty of this scheme is that you know it's not just being built because hey why not build it's good it's you know it's, it's purpose built, built. it's mm. purpose built mm. you know and, and it's being built around the the kind of ways that we want to serve the community mm. and, and, and one it's of been done out of a, a very innovative financing and yeah, sort of yeah. I mean, to get what we've got we're in a unique it's amazing we've, one we've of the things uh, you said there though mark which i thought was very significant was you said about people opposing not just change which everyone sort of can talk about people not liking change but progress mm. and actually I think we should talk about that a lot more because some people find progress in a church really difficult mm. it's mm. not just sort of basic conservatism over change it's normally because there's going to be a big leap forward and things are going to really progress and uh, some you well know, I guess there can be a fear that you're not going to go with yeah if you're not in the progress. vanguard of it yeah. then people often want to stop it yeah. Um, and you know, but but basically, the APCM had a great atmosphere, and, mm. and a mm. lot of prayer went into it. And it was what an APCM should be, which is um, people being honest, you know, making points they want to uh, to make, but in a in a really positive and constructive atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Well, it wouldn't feel right to talk about the APCM and not to mention Sarah Parker and her sad departure from her role <laughs> as um, as church, church warden. warden yeah. So it's seven seven years. Yeah, isn't it? biblical seven number. Years. One yeah. more year than technically she's meant to. Church wardens are meant to do six, six years. years. That's right. <laughs> um, so Sarah did seven. We got away with her doing seven. Um, so and I think I think everybody feels she was you know she was a brilliant church warden yeah. she really gave it her all and um, and as excited as we are to have Harriet Morgan as her replacement Sarah will definitely be missed although it's not like she's going anywhere I'm sure yep. she'll, yeah. she'll yeah. still yeah. be cropping up all over the place <laughs> yep. um, but Stephen what are the things that you've particularly valued about having Sarah as a church warden well Sarah took a lot of persuading to be church warden I asked her three times which is, you know, as many times as I asked Katie to marry me. Yeah, it was, yeah. And in the end, actually, she said yes when Trevor Webster asked her to add insult to injury rather <laughs> than me. Um, and 
but Sarah has um, been really fantastic in that role for any number of reasons. She is very, very uh, honest and will always speak her mind. So you'll always get a straight answer from Sarah, whether you want it or not. Uh, she works very hard. Um, she's very dedicated. And she's very good um, at many things, but particularly seeing with real clarity uh, when certain issues need to be uh, addressed. Um, and she's been very encouraging to me uh, personally. Uh, and... Um, you know, had a huge heart for Christchurch. And, yeah. But I think it's a really good example of the way that someone stepping up into a role that I think seven years ago, Sarah probably would have thought, well, Stephen wants me to do it, but I'm not really sure I'm up to it. But she has then massively grown into the role, grown in, you know, confidence in doing it um, and really, really been fantastic. We have meetings every... Um, Tuesday morning at 7.30, Mark, Sarah and myself, and they're often quite fiery occasions, um, but they're great. And Sarah's really, really good at sort of hosting those meetings and, you know, just contributing in numerous ways, um, particularly in being able to sort of talk tough things through and giving really good uh, perspectives on, on issues at mm. church. Mm. So, Mark, obviously you have overlapped, you know, you've been yep. church warden yep. alongside yep. Sarah for two years. Um, you've been her wingman, perhaps. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was shotgun. <laughs> how how have you found it? What what did you particularly value about Sarah? Well, she's been great. I mean, the thing I valued about Sarah is that uh, you know I didn't have to step into a role that um, was co was complete sort of deep water. She was she was there being able to do everything really. So I was her wingman. She was really in control of all the stuff that was going on. She knew what needed to be done. She knew the calendar for the year. Um, she knew where the, all the bits and pieces were, and it's probably taken me two years to to get up to speed to learn that. So, yeah, she's she's definitely been the lead, um, and I hope I can you know fill those fill those shoes. Mm. She's she's been tremendous though on on our on our sessions on early Tuesday mornings. I think, I'm afraid that's yep. my fault because I had to yeah. slip off to work. <laughs> yeah, we did meet at eight thirty, so and then once Mark became church warden, we went to seven thirty. Seven thirty. Yeah, we're not yeah. sure. I don't. What we're I don't know do if now, any good decisions have ever been made before <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning. Well, <laughs> the the earliness, which may have contributed a bit of tiredness, didn't ever. Um, slow us down, did it? She was normally in her running gear, wasn't she? Yeah, Waiting she to go out for a run running. afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> so. it never, it never stopped the debate. It never stopped the the passion that sometimes we had to have in those meetings. But you just um, never know what sort of Sarah you'd find. <laughs> so you could come in and say something you thought was quite innocent, and she'd come off her long run, and you know, twenty <laughs> minutes later, you'd have thought, "All oh, right, well, we know what Sarah thinks on that one." <laughs> Sarah's, Sarah's <laughs> the biggest supporter of Stephen you'll ever find, but she's also um, one of his strongest critics. Yep. With with love and <laughs> the uh, the right amount of heart, so yeah, she's been tremendous. And part of the job is to be a challenge. Part of our yeah. job yep. mm. is to be a challenge, a sense check. Um, not let the, the vicar get away with too much uh, tyranny or radicalisation. Yep, so hopefully we've, we've done a bit of that. <laughs> Normally I'll get a phone call from Sarah about 2.30 uh, or 3 o'clock saying, I'm sorry, I think I was a bit harsh on you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, do you know, in, in all seriousness, I think that's, the, that's one Water of the things that, that, that impresses me so much about, uh, about your relationship, you and Sarah, yeah. the kind of... Kind of feistiness that you're able yeah. to challenge each other, and um, well, I'm not sure I challenge her much. I'm too scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just the way you, you bounce off each other, and 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 yet, you know, it's it's you know, well, it brings it, it real security. The, the interesting thing is, I think I think if anyone else said to me the things Sarah said, sometimes I would be quite um, 
concerned or possibly even hurt sometimes. But with Sarah, you know that it's um, she'll be concerned about something off to the far left or the far right, and she'll sound that out very, very strongly because she doesn't want you in danger of going towards Go that. Too hot, yeah. mm. And so you have to put it through that sort of interpretive grid or paradigm. Um, but it is hugely valuable because mm. you... Uh, it actually makes you feel incredibly secure. Yeah. Uh, or me. Well, you know where you are, I guess. Yeah, no, it's mm. in- incredibly helpful. And she's got a particular um, concern for the underdog. So if Sarah thinks that anyone is in danger of not being listened to or in being marginalised or being a bit neglected, Sarah will hugely, uh, you know, s- sound that alarm. Really. Yeah, she stands mm. up for fairness and justice. Yeah, and definitely. If you've got Sarah on your side, you know you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's a classic sort of mum, really. Mm. You know, yeah. she she takes that sort of... Um, uh, Mother hand. Yeah, lioness yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> just about a lot more people than just her children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... I uh, Anna has, has an aunt that uh, has, is, is maybe a little bit similar where we always kind of joke, It's you know, you want to be on her team, you know, yeah. and uh, it's always best to be on her team. And, and I think it's, it's a bit like that with Sarah. You kind of feel like if you're on Sarah's team, you're, you're yeah. sorted. That's right. mm. But actually, I, I um, met Sarah before. I was here at Christchurch mm. and she was working at Oxygen when I was doing my gap year. And uh, yeah, she was the administrator there. Yep. So I'd known Sarah longer than I've been here. Yep. Um, so she must have started this same September. 2008, April, she began so church. So April, and then I yeah. arrived in yeah. September. Mm. So, yeah. No, so great. what about you then, Nathan? Sarah's been church warden here, um, I think, the whole time yeah, you've been basically. youth worker here. So how have you found her? Well, yeah, as I say, you know, I'd, I'd worked with her before in, in, in kind of oxygen and seen just how capable she is. And, you know, she, you asked her to do something and it would be done. And, you know, she'd always be problem solving. But I think... Uh, here it's a different role and um and i i agree with steven this kind of seeing her growing in confidence year on year and you know now it just uh, it's a shame we uh, i think we are kind of losing her right at, uh, mm. at her best but yep. um, i said she was a bit like princess diana you know she 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 went just around her best you know she just started lifting her head up and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i've always uh, the thing that sticks out i guess is um you know uh, when I do my annual reviews, you know, it's always been incredibly yeah. encouraging and, uh, yeah, yeah, mm. um, really appreciated working alongside And, of course, so. you've uh, had contact with her in the office, haven't you? Yeah, she's actually in the office most days. Mm. Um, not not just because of her role as church warden, but because of all of the other mm. non-church warden things that yep. she does around mm. the church yeah. and also it's the fact that she lives just around the corner. But, um, no, it, it's great. And I, one of the things I like about Sarah, sort of from the point of view of working working in the office with her being church warden is she's very um she's got a very sensible and practical approach to all of this sort of paperwork mm. side of things and it, she's not she's not at all the sort of person who, who's into doing things just for the sake of it if it's a waste of time then yep. yeah, she's a, happy for it to just be thrown out the window yeah, yeah. 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 so um yeah so she's she's brilliant like that and she's always you know uh, she often comes in on a run as well and then yeah. she'll, she'll pop in on the way back from a run and um yeah she it's just nice she just comes in just for a friendly chat sometimes as well which is is lovely, so I'm hoping she'll continue to do that, even yeah. though she's no longer yeah. church warden. Well, she's still got these big roles at Christchurch. I mean, Grapevine is is one of the most significant things we do at yeah. Christchurch, and now Camilla Pierce has moved to India. Um, Sarah um, is, you know, head of Grapevine. Um, 
pretty much by herself, I suppose, I suppose alongside uh, me, and the night shelter as well. Yeah. So, so those are two sort of crucial things that mm. Sarah does, and I've got one or two other ideas uh, to keep her busy as well. And <laughs> and she's carrying Not on. Sure de- that's what she's. <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> and she's carrying on as deputy warden. But the other person you need to thank on these occasions is the spouse, because um, when you ask someone to throw themselves into church in that sort of role you do need, if they're married, for their spouse to be massively supportive. Yeah. And Michael has been you know, very happy for Sarah to throw herself into being uh, church warden and to give loads of time to that. So we're, we're you know, very grateful to him as well. Yeah. Mm. And mm. her four sons. And, of course, Sarah is being replaced by Harriet Morgan. Yeah, Harriet Morgan. So, uh, that's that's exciting. really exciting. Yeah. So, um, Mark, how well do you know Harriet? Because you well, however well you know her, you're about to get to yeah, know her a lot better. Yeah, I, I, I don't know her well. Um, I've heard good things. So, yeah, really looking forward to uh, to working with her. Yes, you're in for a treat. Yeah. So you're going to have to uh, figure out who's going to be good cop and who's going to be bad cop now that yeah. Sarah's gone. Oh, I'm happy to be bad, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, when I was growing up, I thought it was really unfair that everyone else is parents. They all seem to have one strict parent and one soft one and I had two strict parents and I thought that was really unfair <laughs> the same with church wardens you know I've had two strict <laughs> ones for the last two years David Lothman was a bit kinder oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. you, ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet we'll, <laughs> we'll crank it up you didn't realise Mark's being good cop but so. <laughs> <laughs> oh right oh dear <laughs> well, we'll still have that. We'll still have those weekly meetings, hopefully, because yep. I think they're I think they're important. I think yeah. they keep a momentum going. They enable us to keep going with with issues, to yeah. be that sounding board, to have those ideas. We sometimes spend time on you know too much time on things we shouldn't be talking about in in those sessions, and we we you know too much time on on things that. Uh, are not adding necessarily a lot of value to the church, but um, yeah, firefighting instead yeah, of building. If, if things. we can, if yeah. we can focus on the the important things of the building mm. of the of the church and the family, then I um, think there's still lots we can do. Mm. Yeah, it is. That I mean, those things. I mean, that's one of the things I've really valued, though, is being able to talk about the intractable problems, because even if you can't really sort them out anytime soon, being able to share them does yeah. actually really help you cope mm. with them um and there are some things that you know are ongoing and, and tricky and there are also quite a number of things that take a while to sort yeah. Um, yeah sometimes a year or a couple of years some problems take to sort um and so being able to sort of talk them through is 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 something i find really you know valuable. yeah just getting a different point of view yeah and stuff sometimes helps. Mm. yeah well, before we move on and talk about the PCC, um, I wonder if, um, if Stephen, if you want to say a bit more about one of the PCC's former members um, who died recently, Tony Penny. Yeah. Yeah, Tony was a really uh, wonderful, uh, faithful member of Christchurch, member of Christchurch for 56 years, um, and he brought a huge amount to the church. And um, Tony um, was a leader of King's Own, which was the forerunner to Cypher and the forerunner to the youth groups we've got now. Mm-hmm. He was church administrator. The first ever church administrator at Christchurch was a woman called Charlotte Sparrow, who did it for just one year from 1984 so to 1985. So he did my job and Anna's job. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There you go. And he was, well, Elizabeth's job, really. He was church yeah. administrator from 85 to 2000. And... Uh, That's a really long time. It is a long time, yeah. And uh, he, you know, sort of, as I say, this woman, Charlotte Sparrow, did it for one year and then she married a clergyman and moved away. Um, and, and so Tony really established that, that role at Christchurch. Yeah. In those days, the church office was in the vicarage. Um, and until 19, sort of 91 or 92, when it moved into the, uh, to the building that we've you know, just demolished recently. But one of Tony's most significant roles was being treasurer of the Capital 
project fund, which basically was set up to raise money uh, for the lounge, which was built in 1981. Yeah. And uh, that was a vast amount of money. I think it was £350,000 in 1981 money, which is a mm. great deal. Yeah. But also to raise money for the refurbishment of St John's, which then took place in the early 1990s. Um, and Tony uh, was just, you know, a hugely committed, very prayerful man, always at Thursday morning prayer meetings, and the sort of guy who really Christchurch owed a huge amount to. Yeah. And Joan, his wife, uh, absolutely lovely, and Katie, Steve, and Jackie, uh, their three grown-up children, were all sort of involved in um, Tony's funeral recently. And it was a great occasion. And th th those occasions when we have the funerals of you know, real long-term members are very important staging points for Christchurch when we have an opportunity really to take stock and, you know, because we're so grateful for people like Tony in all they've given to the church. Mm. I didn't know him well at all, but um, it did strike me that every every time I did see him and every now and then he popped into the office, he was always smiling. He always yeah. seemed really cheerful. And um, I know that there was a, there was a collection um, at his funeral collection for tear funds. Yep. Um, which raised a huge amount of money, like significantly really? more than ever uh, that I've known wow. be raised at a funeral. And I think that really kind of is testament to how how many people there must have been there mm. and how many lives he touched as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he had a lovely sense of humour. Um, we'd always talk about cricket. Um, okay. <laughs> and, um, and he was sort of serious-minded, but could joke as well. Mm. And um, yeah, and had a real passion about overseas mission. Uh, his son Steve has been a missionary overseas um, and just a really really good guy and we'll really miss him mm. Mm. well if we move on now to talk about the PCC um, I was a member of the PCC very briefly um, and then I, to I started you working had to resign, for the church yeah, so I had to step down <laughs> um, I was told I could continue to attend as a non-voting member but I You're declined like, no power in <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that yeah um, but um, so Mark, if I come to you on this, so what what is the PCC, the Parochial Church Council? Well, I think I think we've sort of touched on it a bit earlier. It, it's it's the committee of the church. It's the elected body that are there to um, make the key decisions for the church on behalf of the congregation. Um, they're they're there to approve all the expenditure and to make sure that the finances and the fabric of the church are in order. But ideally, also there to discuss and create and approve. Um, church strategy and church policy and to debate and inform ourselves and each other in the congregation on some of the big topics and the big changes and the big progress that we want to make as a church really so they, they are elected and we shouldn't forget that they are elected yeah. um, we don't oppose the elections and we don't have hustings and campaigns and <laughs> lots of lobbying going on posters um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Vote so-and-so for the PCC. Yeah, <laughs> Vickers <laughs> Party. <laughs> People's all Party. The, yeah. All the little badges, <laughs> people walking around. With, uh, yeah. but, but, but they are elected, which means they are representing the, the congregation of the church. Yeah. And they hopefully do represent the full breadth of the church. Um, all the services, all the, all the opinions, all the politics, um, all the passions and desires, the, the progressives, the not-so-progressives, hopefully, are all there. And, and, and gender-wise, we're quite a good split as well. We are, yeah. Yeah, we yep. have both, yeah. They're both yep. there. Yeah, yeah, old and young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it is quite important to find that kind of well-represented, kind of well-rounded PCC, which I'm always quite impressed when I look down the list, and, and I think we manage it quite when well. When I first came to Christchurch, I must admit, I was quite shocked at the 
content of the PCC because I didn't think it bore enough relation to those who did the hard work at church. Yeah. Uh, it was like a bunch of non-executive <laughs> directors in some mm. ways. Mm. Um, that Which was a I long think time it, ago. I think it often can be, though. Right, okay, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I hope now that it's far more representative yeah. of those who actually do uh, the hard yards at church. Yeah, it needs to be a, a people's PCC and not a not a bunch of politicians um, yeah. with, their, with their own agendas. Um, and... You know, I do think that we do get everybody speaking up from time to time. Um, yep. There are some more vocal than others, which is great. But I think where people have a passion and they have a um, a belief that they're able to say it without fear of being squashed or not mm. being heard or not having it taken into account. I mean, mm. we haven't had any sort of 50-50 votes on anything um, I've yeah. since I've been there. But Yeah, I mean, gen generally speaking, I think it's... Uh, I mean, what I try and do is... Uh, what I always do, if there's major change that's going to um, be voted on, then, you know, we have really clear procedures that agendas always go out a week in advance. Uh, papers go out as early as possible. And if there's a major decision to be taken, then normally I don't like it to be just discussed at one PCC. So yeah. uh, what I like is if a PCC discusses it and then we have, you know, a couple of months before the next meeting and then we visit it again. Um, so, I mean, who's in, who's in charge of the discussion? What if one person is dominating? And well, I'm the chair. The vicar's ex officio chair of the PCC. It doesn't mean he always has to or she chair the meetings. So Mark's been vice chair okay. uh, and probably will be uh, elected vice chair again uh, this year. And so there can be a good case for the vicar not always chairing. Yeah, the, that's what I want. What, I, what I found, though, when I've done that in the past, when I have, um, particularly when there's been a major change that I've proposed that we take on as a church, uh, I've on two or three occasions got the vice chair uh, to chair the meeting. But what I found is the problem is then people want clarification questions and they keep addressing them to me so it's actually yeah. quite difficult to do mm. yeah. because they'll keep saying well what about this and mm. then you want to keep passing it back to the chair but it, it's so so it's it, it's is actually it, is, harder is, to do it's quite a tricky position to chair it when you are uh, you know have a have a big say in so much that's mm. going on quite often a chair is a kind of neutral person who's yeah. just sort of waiting for people to have their say and making sure everyone's heard but when you're in a position where you're you know you're driving a lot of the agenda it, it can be quite yeah. tricky but mm. You know, um, and I have done and I will continue to do to sort of butt in if it gets too one-sided or, yeah. um, you know, we don't think everyone's necessarily being heard, but we haven't had to do that much, so... Yeah. Mm. I think it's it more, it's more it's trying to get people to speak, I find. Yeah, I, I Actually, I, I find PCC is not... I mean, you, you have one or two um, people who, who, who will talk a lot about something they're concerned about, but actually a much bigger issue is trying to get people to speak. Mm. Yeah, which is why it needs to be a... A meeting that is of interest and it's not yeah. just talking mm. about you know the bill for cleaning the stained glass windows it is talking <laughs> about but, but you know the funny really thing is the things. funny thing is mark that actually most pc members are far happier talking about that yeah. sort of thing i mean that's if, if you go to pc with some blue yeah. sky thinking wanted about mission strategy often it's very disappointing yeah. so i would love pcc to be this creative hotbed of you know dynamic sort of You need um, to change ideas. the name, PCC so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Call it the Christchurch Think Tank. Yeah. The Christchurch, <laughs> yep, yep, maybe. And yep. you've got a secretary We have well. to change the law if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it Carrie? Carrie Ebsworth, and yeah. glad you mentioned She's Carrie. Amazing. I don't know how she does what she does, like writing all those minutes and getting everything down. She's and really... I don't, I don't know how people do well, it. She's really, do you have really to go on a course? No, she's just really, really good at that. Mm. Um, and yeah, Carrie is an excellent PCC secretary. I Just the thought of it, I find so stressful. Uh, well, she's very, <laughs> she's very meticulous and gets the uh, 
papers out in time and uh, you know just really really good so a lot of having a, my dad wrote a book on pccs uh in about 1985 um and um a lot of it's about having a really clear uh, view about what you're there to do so very very clear agendas where people don't you know you don't just have an item on an agenda with people not knowing what it's there for so yeah. being as clear as possible about agendas yeah. clear as possible in uh, in papers um and having a really good secretary i think is, is a large part mm. of it so um i have a question about pccs obviously if you if you're a member of the pcc that's it's quite a powerful position really and we have never had you know, it's never really come to a vote that, that I can remember. You know, we've always had the same number of people standing. So it never, you know, people never have to pick and choose who they're going to have. Yeah. So, um, but in theory, it would be possible for um, for people to, you know, I'm not suggesting that this has happened, but in theory, it'd be possible for people to get themselves onto the PCC um, and then to try and make things difficult. Is there a mechanism for getting people <laughs> off, the, off the PCC once they are on? No, there you is. Know, can you, if you need to be voted in. Can you be voted out no, once you, you're in? you can't. There are, I mean, one of the strange things about Church of England, um, the establishment of the Church of England, is that anyone in the parish can stand for the PCC. Yeah. Um, because anyone in the parish can be on the electoral roll. Uh, to be on the electoral roll, we d you don't have a membership in a Church of England church, but you do have an electoral roll, and they're just the people who are entitled to vote at the APCM and really not much else. Um, and you can be on the electoral roll if you regularly attend the church or if you live within the parish. Mm. So actually you don't have to be uh, a Christian. Um, or to even come to... I, th I think you have to be baptised to be on the electoral roll. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you can have been baptised as a child, and, and and or indeed as an adult, and that not mean much to you subsequently. Um, and um, yes, you can't um, you, you you can't get someone off a PCC once they're on it. And um, there's no length of time in years. No, no, there's not. And so a lot of people just. So who's our longest serving PCC John member? John Henson would be our longest serving PCC oh. member. Um, I mean, by, by and large, you you you, you wouldn't want to. Um, but I, but I think you know we did have elections here, contested elections, till about seven or eight years ago. Um, the thing is, I usually want to try and make sure that enough people are standing, so we don't just have one person that doesn't get on. So I yeah. think if we're going to have contested elections, it's good if about three or four plus mm. yeah, you don't get on. Over the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, that may come back in the future. You know, contested elections. Uh, but generally, what happens is there are people who say they want to stand, and a few people stand down each year. And we look at who's on the PCC and approach people. And obviously, people have to uh, be willing. They have to have a, a seconder and a nominator. Um, and, um, yeah. So if I you mean, want to be on the PCC, you need to find at least two people who think it's a good idea for you to be on the PCC. Yeah, you do, yeah. which is sometimes <laughs> harder <laughs> for some than others. But it is, I mean, it is democratic at the end of the day, and it's majority voting. So there's only so much... You know, whatever expression you use, trouble that can be caused by by somebody. So you know, we we abide by that. And then, as you said, it's a powerful position. But be, the, you know, we're trustees of a charity at the mm. end of the day, so yeah. we need to mm. understand what that means. Um, but then abide by the collective responsibility that we have as trustees. And if we've made a democratic decision, that's the decision. Um, I have to stick by it. So yep. as you get from Spider Man with great powers, great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, a Spider-Man didn't get on this year. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on yeah, now. 
and just we, <laughs> we'll talk about the preaching program for me. So I think you should all have you should all have a copy of this. Yeah. Um, so we are starting new sermon series right across the board. Um, at the 9.30 service, we'll be looking at Luke's unique material. So I imagine, Stephen, that that is stuff that Luke talks the about that other people don't. Yep, the don't. stuff that's just in Luke. <laughs> um, and then at 11 o'clock, we're going to be looking at um, the letter to the Hebrews. And then at 6.30, we're going to be looking at how Christianity can make a difference to different things that we face in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about the 6.30 service. How did you come up with the idea for Well, that? basically, Ellie Haynes is being baptised yeah. at the 6.30 service this coming Sunday. We're going to, we've got a, I think it's arrived, we've got a pool. Yeah, it that arrived we're today. we're going to dunk her in. And um, she's got a number of friends coming to that service. And I, and I said, well, look, is there anything that you particularly want the talk to be on? And she said something along the lines of, well, I, I quite like the talk. Uh, to be on how Christianity sort of makes a difference to everyday everyday life. So I've got Carolyn uh, preaching on that, how Christianity can make a difference to our everyday pressures and difficulties. And then I thought, actually, that's quite an interesting series to have. Yeah. Yeah. So the following week, I'll be talking about how Christianity can make a difference to our worries and anxieties. Following week, Carolyn again with our social life and relationships. Katie Lothman, uh, not picked for any particular reason talking about (laughs) our our anger and annoyance she hasn't got problems with anger (laughs) management and then tom collins our work and ambition so tom's not got problems with over ambition no he's just about he's just about to go off to vicar factory so that is the ultimate (laughs) non-ambition um but i I once heard a sermon where they were where they listed ambition after a whole load of other terrible sins and straight in the list of something you shouldn't have no no, ambition ambition is a good thing it's 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 what your ambitions are yeah Mm. And and so hopefully what this series will do is what we're often trying to do across our services at Christchurch, particularly at 6.30, is to take everyday life and Christianity and shove them completely together and say, well, look, how does Christianity impact upon you know, our daily life? That's what we're... I think actually, Mark... Um, you were first You're attracted. You're going to preempt what I was going well, to say. Well, I think you, I was thinking, were yeah. you first attracted to this church because you went on the website? I told you it was your photograph on the website. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it was sermon subjects. But it was, wasn't yeah. It? I mean, we, we browsed the website. I get most of my best things off off the internet, one way or another. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was it was browsing through the preaching program on on the church website and seeing some of the exactly what you said the 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 relationship between Christianity and modern day life, the relevance, um, mm. the way that you can apply Christianity to some of the knotty, difficult problems that we yeah. that we face, um, was something that you know attracted us, and it wasn't all just sort of standard stuff that perhaps uh, we'd heard before. And that's what I, you know, was most interested in being involved in, and that's what you know I want to try and see um, getting discussed in home groups and things like that as yeah. well. And so we're doing some of that in our home group as well. So yeah, I'll, it's the six thirty that I'll be. Uh, probably downloading first mm. <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it, it, it's demanding to do those sort of talks and it requires quite a shift in a church's culture because it's a lot more demanding really if you if you preach on a passage like hebrews we're doing at 11 o'clock or then to some degree i mean it should always be applied and it should always be relevant and engaging but it doesn't necessarily have to be the sermon won't appear to fail spectacularly if it doesn't come up with anything too radical. It can tick an awful lot of boxes for an awful lot of people if you just stick to your passage. And Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and those sermons definitely have their place. And yeah. We must sometimes start with the Bible and see where it takes us. But I think when we take questions to the Bible, 
everyone knows at the end of that sermon whether or not anything satisfactory or helpful yeah. has been has yeah. been said. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. So so they are probably a bit more demanding, really, those type of sermons. Mm. Well, speaking of demanding with wrestling topics and uh, and uh, the church making a difference and speaking into um, our lives and our cultures, we're going to move on now uh, and discuss the film that we watched at Cinema Club last month. And uh, Mark, you weren't there, but uh, you've seen the DVD, I have seen, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have seen the movie. Um, so we watched Pride, which um, it came out fairly recently, so probably a lot of people have seen it. Um, but it's about um, an LGBT group in the mid-1980s. This is a true story. It's based on a true story who took the decision to support the miners during their strike uh, because they wanted to express their solidarity with uh, with another oppressed group. You know, they recognised that they themselves were oppressed and, th and they identified another oppressed group and did what yep. they could to help them um so Stephen likes to say that cinema club is meant to be edgy <laughs> but not dodgy unofficial <laughs> yeah uh, I think that's, tagline. that's the sort of dill boy expression that i thought he deserved but um nathan as the person who chose this film yes uh not that i'm completely you know dodging <laughs> all responsibility on that well was it was it both of you i mean i i well we watched it together yeah, i think um, with my mum and dad in fact yeah Mm. Um, Nathan's mum and dad liked it, so we thought, you know, oh, did they, really? yeah, they well, did. Well, yeah, I think that is. Um, uh, maybe that's, that's what made us think it wasn't too edgy. I was probably well, I didn't realise Cinema Club was based dodgy. on what you can watch with your mum and dad. With your mum and dad, <laughs> yeah. If it's not it's too awkward, it's always a good benchmark. <laughs> if it's not yeah. too awkward to sit through with your mum and dad, then uh, it's probably okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, given, I think. But uh, hold on a sec, just before we go on, that is not the foundation of Cinema Club, is it? Watching stuff that's going to be safe. The whole idea of, of Cinema not. Club <laughs> is, to, <laughs> is, is, is to be edgy, isn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, I think that is the, um, it's the real challenge with picking movies is I really enjoy watching things that make me think and that are uncomfortable sometimes to yep. watch. And, that, and it's trying to find the right balance between things that I'm confident will provoke discussion and will challenge us and will uh, therefore be interesting but entertaining as well yep. and that people won't come away feeling like they've been lectured for two and a half hours but that they've enjoyed time together as well as um, perhaps being yeah at times really challenged to the core actually in some of the things that we've watched um well, I wouldn't say Calvary and Constant Gardener entertained me. I, I was riveted to them. Yeah. And, and both of them left me feeling sort of, I, you know, particularly the Constant Garden took me about two and a half weeks to recover from <laughs> it, I think. Um, but but even know. I think some, sometimes film can be used, you know, to, to bring to light issues that we didn't even know occurred. You know, yep. uh, you know before I watched um, Blood Diamond or, or Constant Gardener, I had no clue about the diamond trade and s slavery and all sorts of things that are happening there. Um, kind of uh, Constant Gardener with so many things that, it, you know, the benefits that I have in life, uh, the kind of, I had no clue of the cost to a lot of people that some of the things I take for granted um, can come with. So, yeah, I think that's that is the idea that we're challenging, and mm. I, I I guess I did know that this was going to be a little bit provocative because well the gay issue mm. always is in churches, yep. um, and the fact that this happened to be mixed with a kind of uh, political. Uh, a left-wing political stance yep. in I mean, a fairly think, conservative I area. I, I, I had expected um, this film to be controversial. 
Um, and I think it's fair to say that it was the most controversial of all the films we watched. Mm. I didn't Which anticipate I strange, that, yeah. that people would have found it controversial on the grounds that they thought it was conservative bashing. That hadn't crossed my mind at all um, before I watched yeah, the film. Yeah. Conservative with a big C. Yeah, yes. some, some yeah. political. Yeah. 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 Some, yeah. some were concerned that it gave... That it painted the Conservative viewed. Party in an unfavourable yeah, light, Yeah, and, and we did have one person who came from a miner's... Uh, background yep. who said that they felt it wasn't a fair representation of and and I guess that for uh, for those mining communities that weren't part of the miner strike in the 80s they, they, they might have had a different perspective on it from mm. Mm. but a film can only give a limited number of perspectives normally one perspective can't it yeah so and, th- and I think that's an important thing to, to say as well the cinema club isn't there as a manifesto for Christchurch to say everything that's said in this film is um, our view. I think it's yep. there to start a conversation. And so yep. I, I think there's there's plenty of things that can go on in film that, that challenge us in a way that we want to stand against, actually, as well, yep. which I think has happened in a few films, you know, has provoked a thing and we say, is that okay? Is, is yeah. the fact that that's being presented as normal yep. okay? Mm-hmm. So well, I think, that, you know, I've, I found it hugely... Um, challenging and uh, sort of enjoyable as a film and to see a, a, a an oppressed group uh, having the vision to be able to step out of just what was affecting them and feel the you know the really strong calling to to go and support another group that on the surface would have a completely different sort of agenda yeah and including an agenda that might be seen as as sort of in conflict um, was was really inspiring. Of course, the interesting thing is it's all it's virtually all totally as it happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. I went mm. and sort of read up about it afterwards, and it, you know, quite a lot of the the, the small details were incredibly accurate mm. to what mm. happened. Uh, th- one of the things I enjoyed about it was that it asked and answered a lot of its own questions. There were yeah, there were questions and opinions being voiced by sort of both sides, if that's yeah. the right way to say, that were then asked and answered and made you think about oh okay yeah I was thinking that and or I had that view and then you can as the film progressed you you sort of moved with the characters mm. as you sort of perhaps changed your view or saw a different side of it and everything yeah yeah mm. I, th- so I found that very heartwarming actually that for me obviously the it is um it is quite a political film but if if you take the politics out of it and just think of it as two two completely different groups of people with very very big differences yeah. um being prepared to put those differences aside and work together for a, for a common aim i just found really heartwarming mm. the fact that actually they you know there were there were members of each group who never were able to identify with you know with each other yeah, um there were you happening. know there were miners who still at the end of the film didn't really feel that they um that they could approve uh, of the lifestyle of of the people who were helping them but they you, they were happy to work together um, and to focus on what united them rather yep. rather yep. than the differences between them. Um, and it was amazing what they were able to achieve. Um, so I think, uh, for me, that was the most powerful. Oh, there's a good lesson in there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, um, in terms of the whole debating the gay issue uh, at Christchurch, it, it, it's very difficult for any discussion to take place on that issue, actually, I think, these days, because yeah. um, often uh, you can get people increasingly from far right and far left just screaming that anyone who disagrees with them is evil. Mm. Um, 
and you know, like for, more, more for, than that, anyone that discusses it, not even has yeah, an opinion, but yeah. discusses and, it. But, but it can be, you know, if you go on sort of uh, in, in internet websites and often sort of, you know, supposedly Christian websites, you will find far right and far left just saying anyone who, you know, doesn't take my line is 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 just not worth yep. discussing. Yep. And I think one of the real values, not the only value, but one of the real values of showing pride was, uh, I think, to make it absolutely clear that sort of homophobia or uh, a dehumanisation or just a sort of casual ignoring of, of, of people who are gay is just not an option whatsoever. And I think uh, the film just brilliantly unpacked the characters involved and their motivations and their complexities and, you yeah. know... Their, their, yeah, their they were all real. Yeah, it was very. It was yeah, and 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 also the diversity was was really fascinating, um, with different opinions uh, within the uh, sort of the particular gay group, the seven or eight characters that were majored on, and I think what I hope will happen through showing Pride at Christchurch is it will just play a role in perhaps helping us to be able to unpack and discuss the gay issue in a bit more of a um, thoughtful way, yeah. really. Um, because I do think, actually, one of the things you've got to show if you're going to be listened to uh, on, on the gay issue, particularly if you're coming from a, from a more conservative stance, I think one of the things you've got to show is that you're not homophobic. And um, the fact that we've shown pride at Christchurch, I hope, does signal very loudly that it's not that we don't want any gay perspectives to be presented at all. Actually, you know, we want the whole thing to be, uh, f for people to be able to express their opinions. We've got a real diversity on. We on want, the, yeah. to be honest, I think we issue. feel like in we the, want to be open, everything yeah, to be open. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely we do. Yeah. But that's one of the issues which is often closed down at the start. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we've got a diversity amongst the congregation on the gay issue. We've got a diversity amongst the leadership. I think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want... I want people to be able to express strongly their perspectives, their questions, their doubts, where they've moved, where they've shifted, um, because it's too important an issue for us just to pack away and not have really mm. any discussion of at Christchurch because we're worried that people will get upset or because we're worried that we might be seen as, as you know, a fascist or yeah. might be seen as... As, as a liberal or whatever label people might put on people if they take a view different from them. So how, and how was the debate after the film? Was there it was stunned silence in the popcorn or was there cheering <laughs> the, the, the in the aisles? Or what? The thing that helped was, it, um, aside from anything else, it's a very, very funny film and yeah. everyone had been yeah, laughing the whole way through. So actually, it, you know... It wasn't really intense at the end. The, the atmosphere had been really fun. I think the at whole least half of the half of the discussion ended up not being about um, homosexuality or about um, conservatism or um, kind of liberal yeah, politics. Yeah. Actually, it was all about um, being set in the eighties. Yeah, it was and, all, uh, all uh, middle-aged yeah, people, people reminiscing. Remembering <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, remembering the kind of political landscape at the time. Well, yeah, also, on the walls but also yeah. what it was, you know, it was interesting. You know, I was a teenager in the mid-eighties. And uh, you know, both the miners' strike was um, massively iconic. Really, uh, it was the last big strike. You know, when that strike got broken, that was really the end of, of union power. And it's very difficult for people who don't remember back to before that just how much the power the unions had. They brought down governments in the 1970s. Both Heath and Wilson, Labour Prime Minister, were brought down by the unions. 
Um, so that's so it's fascinating from that point of view, mm. um, the last hurrah, really, for the unions uh, in terms of the power they'd had. But also the whole gay issue as it was seen in the 80s, which was completely different to now. And HIV and AIDS also. There's a, there's a yeah. TV yeah. advert in the, in the film. Yeah, I remember um, that with the chipping away. We're the same age, aren't we, yeah. uh, Mark? And, you know, no one really before about 1984, uh, 85 had heard of AIDS. By about 1987, 88, you know, most of, well, a great deal of conversation and anxiety and, yeah. and, um, you know, discussion was about it. So it was a massive, massive change uh, for those Which of I us. Which I love that they didn't ignore in the, the film 80s. either. Yeah, so no, that yeah, was a real, no, was I, thought, I thought one of the best things about the film was it was really brave. And, and there were things that wouldn't necessarily have been, uh, would have been very easy to have left out, which it included, uh, in order to be faithful to to what was happening at the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, so that was Pride, but we've got uh, the next couple of films coming up at Cinema Club. Yeah, what is the next uh, one? The next one is called Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. <laughs> and Sounds it's cheerful. A, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Which is actually... There's been, there's been a spate lately of um, books and films about teenagers dying of cancer. That seems to be a trend at the moment, but this is a really good one. So if you've seen The Fault in Our Stars and hated it, you're, you're not alone because I hated is, it as this well. Is this is much more, better. Um, I've <laughs> seen My Girl. Does that count? <laughs> no. Um, that <laughs> Diana Bee Stings. <laughs> no, um, th- this is, you know, don't, don't be put off by the title. It is, um, it's pretty funny. It's, um, in fact, yeah, often after a, a, a heavy film like um, Calvary, we have a couple of more mm. more light ones. Now, so, you know, there may be the odd bit of kind of uh, tears in the, uh, that there always are at Cinema Club, so it's good. People um, should come to it as well, shouldn't they? I mean, Nathan preached an excellent sermon on film on Sunday night about seeing God in film. And really, if if people are free on a Friday evening, they really should be there because it's really an acid test of whether we really want to relate our Christian faith to our contemporary culture and the issues surrounding it. And, um, you know, it is a brilliant occasion. Um, it's also really fun. Come yeah, if you want to have fun. Yeah, great as well. popcorn. All free at the point of delivery, yeah. like yeah. the NHS. <laughs> yeah, so we've wine, got, some we've got um, Me, Earl and the Dying Girl coming up next. I yeah. can't remember the date, but it's on the website. And then the one after that is um, Four Lions. Four Lions. Oh, which yeah. Is brilliant. Uh, that one's yeah. really good. So actually, I mean, Pride, all, all of the stuff in that, it might seem, you know, like. You know, a recent memory for you two, but it happened before I was born. It happened before Nathan was born. But for me, Four Lions is much more topical. Yep. It's all about terrorism, and I, I guess. Were you I'm born when nine eleven happened, Anna? Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> um, actually, nine eleven is probably is one of the is probably one of the first things I can remember hearing in the news as a as a child. Yep. I, w- I would have been eleven or twelve, and and thinking. This is this is really significant, you know. Understanding this is going to change yeah, everything. Yeah. That's probably the first news story I can mm. remember feeling that way about. And then kind of grow, growing up with terrorism, not a constant threat in terms of I haven't felt in danger, but just being aware that terrorism is going on all around me. And that film came out when I was at university, and I went to see it with um, with my flatmate, who you know also grown up yeah. with that so um it's a very very good film but really yeah if you're listening and you've just heard cancer next and then terrorism yep. <laughs> both Four films Lions are very is a, funny is a, is a hilarious kind it of very black comedy um, yep. so yeah 
Brilliant. So yeah, but that's um, that's all we've got time for for now. Um, so do remember that for any more information about what's going on at Christchurch, you can visit our website, ccnm.org. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New Malden. And you can follow us on Twitter at CCNM News. But that's all for now. See you next month. <laughs>